Thank you for joining us in our study of the book of Genesis, entitled The Origin of Reason. Old scratch. What we're trying to do here is discover something about Satan's activity in humanity and in this world. He wants you and me to be consumed with this world, with the lust of this world and the power that it holds. He wants us to be consumed with selfish desire, with self-gratification. He wants you to be just wrapped up in yourself in any way possible, either through self-love or self-loathing. It makes no difference so long as you are centered on the main object in your life, and that would be you, your needs, and your personal well-being. Recall his initial appeal to Eve. He said, you will be like God, and you'll be wiser, satisfied to a greater extent than you, even you, ever have known. And you will know good from evil. Your intelligence will expand, and you'll be a better person for it. Be all that you can be, Eve. Find the better you today. Satan wants us to be consumed with unbridled ambition and a true selfish desire for our own personal well-being, and perhaps the well-being of our family. After all, it's me, my, and mine. Why? Because that's the way Satan is. What father is there who does not want his son to emulate him? When you begin to become motivated by strictly selfish ambition, guess who is going to be inspired by such a desire? In the movie Wall Street, Gordon Gecko was a despot and a villain, a ruthless man, and a notorious liar. He reflected the desires of hell. And in the movie, Gecko preached, The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for the lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies and cuts through and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms, greed for life, for money, for love, for knowledge, it has marked the upward surge of mankind. This movie grossed almost $45 million in 1987, paving the way for Michael Douglas to win an Academy Award for his portrayal of Mr. Gordon Gecko. Gecko's character was based in part on a stockbroker named Ivan Bosky. It was his famous speech which he delivered on the positive aspects of greed at the University of California, Berkeley School of Business. It was at a commencement ceremony during May of 1986. It was at this commencement that Bosky said, I think greed is healthy. You can be greedy and still feel good about yourself. He eventually was charged with crimes directly related to his good feelings of greed. He served time in prison and he was banned from the securities business altogether. Why? His greed. His greed drove him to corruption. He couldn't get enough. But you see, that greed he preached about, it was just so good, it landed him in prison. He lied. Greed is not good. Greed does not clarify anything. It does not capture the essence of anything. Yet in the movie, Gecko advocated and promoted all of this, as do so many others. Bosky was the real-life proponent. Greed leads to an inability to find satisfaction. One quote that is often attributed to John D. Rockefeller reveals this to us. He was asked, how much money does it take to make a man happy, Mr. Rockefeller? His reply, just one more dollar. 
Now, Satan has his followers, those who follow the ways of this world and who live by the principles and aspirations of the age. And they have no concept of God in their understanding and no fear of God in their hearts. These are those who live by the adage, I will be like God. It's Satan's desire to rally his minions and organize them into a unified, powerful kingdom. And today, he's moving very quickly and showing us who his warriors truly are. He does have those who stand in high places and hold just unbelievable power. One thing he does know how to do is organize men in wickedness. He does not instill order and decency within a society, but rather it's filled with condemnation and disdain and confusion. He creates conflict, not peace. The problem Satan has is that he cannot organize rebellious wills. It's like herding a a clatter of cats. It can't be done. He's often referred to as the devil. The devil, the word, means disruptor. He has, since the beginning, been trying to disrupt all that God has done and is doing. And he's not about to change. In some areas, he's been very successful. Adam and Eve did fall into sin. And we're still reckoning with the depth of the carnage and the depth of the evil and the wickedness that Adam, in his sin, has brought upon the world. Cain did murder his brother. Lamech was a wicked man. And Nimrod was evil and influential and an extreme tyrant. Satan is like a roaring lion that is mentioned in 1 Peter 5.8. There's no question that he is powerful. However, he is limited. He's limited because he's a creature. He's a created being, and he hates that thought. He wants to be omniscient, but he's not. His knowledge is limited. He does not know the future. He is not omnipotent. He cannot do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. He is limited. He can only do what God permits him to do. In the life of the believer, he only has the power that is surrendered to him or allowed to him by God himself. He makes suggestions. We choose to listen. If we listen, thus we give him authority, a place in our mind. Job is a classic case study. It shows that the devil is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at all times. God alone is omnipresent. Satan can tempt one person at a time, or he can work through his emissaries, the demons who fail with him, and he must have permission to do whatever he wants to do. He is not a free agent. Now, we as Christians must not underestimate or ignore our adversary. He's very smart. He's cunning. He's vicious. He's dangerous. And He's merciless. We must never take our eyes off the Lord. The Lord is our shield and our extremely great reward. He limits Satan. And God will never allow the Christian to be tempted above that which he's able to bear and will always, with the temptation, provide a way of escape that he may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You and I can resist Satan. We can stand against him. And we can experience victory over this vanquished foe. Christ won our victory for us when he vanquished the enemy. The Spirit of God says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Walk close to God. Though we don't have the incredible knowledge of Adam and Eve, we do have something they did not have. 
we have Christ dwelling within us by his Holy Spirit. And we can point to the cross. and We can mention the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all earthly names. God has designed it so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this word of God is settled forever in heaven. So you need to know your enemy. You need to know that we're up against an adversary. And you need to know your position in Christ, which we will discover as we continue our study. And knowing these things, you will know if you practice the principles that we're laying out here, you will know victory in Christ alone. And as you know this victory and experience it, you begin to see and to understand what God is desiring. And you'll begin to see and understand who our enemy is and how we can truly overcome this. And you'll begin to understand the reality and the value of knowing the origin of reason. I want to thank you very much for participating in this study, and I'm glad that you've joined us, and I hope that you continue as we continue through the study of Genesis to understand the origin of reason. Thank you very much.